Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of France, the show of Australia, but mostly today is about hosting and drinking Saint Germain. That's right. Today's guest, Camille Ralph Vidal, Madame Saint Germain herself, stops by and we chat about life. We chat about drama, hosting, aperitif, digestive hours, really understanding French culture and drinking. And we also talk about the newly released book, How to Drink. French Fluently, A Guide to Joy de Vivre with St. Germain Cocktails, really a how-to, a who's who and what's what about hosting a great event, having people over to the house and drinking really, really wonderful concoctions. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this great chat with Madame St. Germain, Camille Ralph Vidal. That especially in this industry, um, there's no many people that grew up and they were like, "I want to be a bartender." You Nobody know, like, grows up. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. we we all kind of like did it on the sides, right. um, you know, during like university or at like a different moment of our, of our life, and then realized that we loved it and yeah. we just like fell in love with this industry. But that that makes it so interesting because any bartenders that like you meet they'll be like musician artists Always, like yeah. all have like different degrees and went to so many different countries and it's an industry of like people travel so much so like it's really rich yeah and um and i find it like very interesting character like a lot of like it's it's amazing to learn from yeah. like all those bartenders i love that lots of actors mm-hmm. lots of artists as you said lots of musicians and how do you feel you know, for me, when I think about music, it's note, it's notes, it's melody, it's this combination of kind of textures. Mm-hmm. Food and drinks the same way, wouldn't you say? That it's low notes, medium notes, brightness, bitterness, you know what I mean? So it's the, almost kind of just using those same skills you already understand. And I think that, like, you you probably look at it this way because of, like, your background and yes. your passion. Right. For me, um, it's... um. So I grew up in the south of France. Nîmes, right? And um, in Nîmes, yeah. exactly. So I was born in Montpellier, which is next door. Grew mm. up in Nîmes, um, which is Languedoc-Roussillon. So beautiful, beautiful region in the south of France. And my dad is an artist. So uh, oh, wow. um, my what, what medium? I always love. What, what did he paint with? Or was he sculptor? Or? So my dad was um, was a dancer when I was um, when I was born. So he mm. was doing very. Um, first, like African dance. My dad is from North Algeria. Oh wow! Um, north of Africa, in Algeria. So he was um, a dancer. Did like African dance, a little bit of like classic, then more like contemporary. Mm. Um, so he, when I was like maybe two years old, he used to have um, a show that he was doing when he would dance with like huge eagle. Yeah. So like oh, wow. big birds, um, and it was just like crazy. So he, it was always like very. Um, new like pioneer ag contemporary art so i grew up in a theater and then like when when i was probably like five six he moved more into the theater and he started writing plays really and he had his own theater so like i grew up with like painters and like you know like um makeup artist people and um like loads of like different artists with different medium yeah um so i look at like for me drinks is um very like visual mm-hmm. because I went to an art school uh, yes, um, for yeah. a few years and I, I have so garnishes like, are those important to you then mm-hmm. yeah and garnishes color glassware very much the aesthetic um I think it's like you know the first thing that you're gonna see is like what the drinks yeah. look like you know it's like you look at a cocktail and you're like oh what's that I would love to try this um so I, I look at like cocktail that way I'm also like from the south of France, so like cuisine and flavor, it's yeah. so important for me. And I remember when I when I started behind the bar, um, I learned like the menu from the bar where I was mm. working at. And then I started learning my classic, 
you know and one day i was like oh but like making cocktail is like cooking you know you just yeah, play absolutely. with flavor right. and i had this moment where i was like i understood how to like the structure um and the anatomy of the cocktail mm-hmm. and how to build it and what flavor will work together and why and and start playing around and having fun and you know as much as i, I get like very um geeky like bartender can be on like measurement and think i also think that cocktail is like cooking you know yeah. you add a little bit of well, this a little bit of that some love right oh and like yeah. what about this and like it's fun and it, it doesn't have to be like a perfect science all the time and um hosting is something that i adore and that's why i love yeah. this industry is i grew up like with my parents in this beautiful um little house in the south of france and i have memories of like sharing you know aperitif with them um was like no fun no tv in yeah. the garden me drinking like a little syrup so like actually like non-al- being a family yeah, yeah. like non alcoholic drink my dad having a pastis because i'm from the south yeah, yeah. and my mother sipping on like a glass of wine or something like that and it was like beautiful memories that i have of like getting to- together as a family yeah. but also hosting like having people there would be always like people swinging by for the aperitif mm-hmm. and that's very much the french culture is like you will get invited for aperitif you might not stay for dinner <laughs> get ready for that <laughs> yeah. because with your aperitif then not that does not mean you're gonna stay for dinner but like right. it's this moment when like people will open the house and welcome you and have like few nibbles and soup and like catch up and mm. it's like very much like friends and family and or you finish work and you'll be like oh let's go grab an aperitif and i really love that like culture and like, i don't know that we have something that's so equivalent to that here happy hour is kind of like that but it's not always the same. And I always say that, like, for me, the difference between the aperitif and the happy hour is the aperitif is the first ring of the night. Mm. So it's you finish work, you finish your day, and you you want to relax and, and win and share a nice moment with your friends and your family. Yeah. And it's the beginning of something. You know, it comes from the word aperire, the Latin word, which means to open. So it's supposed to open your stomach, yeah. but it's also supposed to open your night. Yeah. You know? I mean, I and think about all these emotions. Yeah, too. all those emotions. All stuff, like, you know, it's opens. like the opening of something. Yeah. Um, so when it's a different like state of mind because... For me, the, the happy hour is to end the day. Yeah. So people finish the day and they go and they have like a few drinks and, have, you know, the chip and they might have like a two for one and they just like consume and go home. Right. It's like the end of something when the aperitif is the beginning of something else, which I think is it's a different way to look at it. It is a very um, different. Yeah. It's a more hopeful, mm-hmm. more optimistic, Yeah. You know, which I think we need. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just rebrand happy hours and say no, 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 no. I call that the aperitif hour. See, that's much know? better. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, we can mix the both. Yeah, like, knowing you know, that we don't the... have to go home just mm. so soon. There's so much time left. And I think that like a lot of people, I very much like embracing this aperitif culture all around the world. Like yeah. we see like the low ABV and um, the low proof cocktail movement very much rising mm. everywhere. People getting more behind it. I did a seminar, Tales of the Cocktail. Um, last year talking about the aperitif and it was called a drink and a way of life and I think there's many reasons why people are getting more interesting with the aperitif Um, A because people want more like quality time also like you to make the time to have good moments Um, there's this like eat better and drink better so people are you know they want probably like the low ABV, the good quality drink, um, but um, also the bartenders. I mean, we we still, you know, have like we're getting older, right. all of us. <laughs> yeah. So we used to do shot of bourbon behind the bar, and now we're like, I'm just gonna have a, a little sherry. Yes, <laughs> sherry is a massive yeah. popularity now. And so. um, and I think that like we there's this like concern on like you know it's it's a career and it's we all professional yeah. so. Um, I will definitely enjoy more sipping on like a nice vermouth at the end of a of a meal or like a nice right. like digestive rather than having like something too heavy if I had like few drinks that there, that evening. There, yeah, there is a massive emergence mm-hmm. or resurgence of the aperitifs and sitting and sipping so you can stay longer and sip longer. Mm-hmm. So and this sim- is sip more elegantly. Elegantly, absolutely. As I say, but it's I think it's also because we have access. To, to much more of those beautiful products, yeah. those beautiful liqueurs, those beautiful aperitif like vermouth and 
um, yeah. digestive as well. So it's a it's a great time. It's an it age of enlightenment in terms of spirit. So it mm-hmm. makes me wonder because I've I read about your kind of your relationship with art, your relationship with PR. So you have this business mindedness and this creative mindedness that just came together and kind of intersected. So let's go back a bit when you talk about growing up in the theater, which seems so romantic to me, your father being mm-hmm. a playwright or a writer for theater. What kinds of things, do you, what, what themes? Were they happy plays? Were they sad? Were they tragedy? They were um, very contemporary like you know they were i mean um they were new they were edgy they were fun they were very different um i don't i wouldn't say that they were like happy or sad Mm. they were more like mixing a lot of like medium um like dance and music and like plays on like words and like um it was it was i think my dad is an incredible artist and, uh, and he did very like at that time when he had his theater and everything he was a very pioneer in what he was doing Mm. um but it was fun and it really like um a taught me how to be very independent because i kind of like grew up as this child they were like i mean i was there but you know my dad was busy and my mother was doing thing and i was in the it was like everyone was looking after me and nobody was looking after me at the same time right yeah so um and it really, for sure, um, developed this like creativity. Um, because you can't help but be inspired by it. Yeah, right? you're around it, you're breathing it. And it's so, it, it was like so much like imagination and like plays yeah. and like getting like stimulated like visually and intellectually. So was your was, mom also involved with it? Like my, helping. My you? mother was like working with him yeah, for oh, for many years, um, and then like. I went traveling um, with my mother and my parents kind of took different paths and um, and I moved to like French Polynesia and mm-hmm. then I came back to France and my mother moved to Africa and I feel like I was like in this like traveling. I used to travel a lot with my mother and that taught me a lot as well. Like, yeah. you know, to be like open-minded, to be to learn from like different culture, different country, different people. Um, and I love that. And I think that like, it was kind of this moment when I felt like I was going into a bit of like every direction. So like I moved to Lyon in the middle of France. Uh-huh. Um, About how old when you moved to Lyon? I was like um, 17, 18, okay. almost 18. Um, just like finished high school, what we call high school. Yeah. So like I had my baccalaureate, my degree when you finish. And right. I was like, I went to an art school and I did that for um, a couple of years. And I studied history of art for like years before that when I was in high school. So we're still doing that. And then I was doing a bit of like everything from like, um, you know, architecture to like design to drawing, painting. So it was like a couple of years of like learning a bit of like all. Like fundamentals, just kind of across. Which was amazing. And um, did you find you had like a talent for any particular segment of it or it was just give it all to me and I'll sort it out. And I think that's like, you know, growing up in in the family was like artists. Um, I always felt like that I had creativity, but I could never find what was my medium. Like I did Ah, a bit of dance and I did a bit of, you know, everything. But I was never I was like, okay. And then after two years in that school, I was like, I think that like, I can use this like knowledge that I have with art and this like eye that I have with yeah. like composition and colors and thing towards something that I might not be the best artist, but I can use that that artistic with some, like, soul, right? With something else, yeah. and that's why I want to communication, event management, and marketing because I wanted to learn the business mm. of it, and I wanted to. So at that time, I was like, I adore learning communication. Um, I did it in a way that, like, in France, we have a system when you can work for a company and be at university at the same time, mm-hmm. which was amazing because I got, like, experience and I got to put in practice what I was learning at university. So I did that and I got my degree. And then I was kind of like, I was, um, when was that? I was, like, 23 and I needed a break. <laughs> just a break from just all of academia. I, it was, like, five years between, like, you know, um, my degree at, like, in this, like, art school and then... Um, communication and event management so so knowing and it feels like you achieve a lot and if you set your mind to something that you're going to do it oh i think i I definitely learned that from my from my parents and especially from my mother 
Um, but did so it seems like that ambition is like okay, all right. Even I'm getting ahead of myself here. I need to take I, a break. Or I think I just like because you know university is kind of the moment where like you party and you have fun and right. you can be a bit like you know not as like responsible as like your parents sure. would like you to be, right? And because I was working for co- for different companies, I was an employee. So I had very little holidays and yeah. I was treated as an employee and I was like at university at the same time. So, and I was like living on my own and, you know, take, like looking after like all my expenses and everything. So I feel like I was already an adult and I just really needed quickly, a wreck yeah. Yeah, of yeah. this. Um, and I didn't speak English at the time. So I graduated and my English was terrible. So I decided to, to move to, to travel mm-hmm. and learn English. And um, so I was still in Lyon at that time and between spending some time in Paris as well. And um, London was way too close. Yeah. <laughs> it was just next door. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, okay, no, I think I'm going to go further. <laughs> um, so I moved to Australia. Oh, where about in Australia? Um, so I moved to Melbourne. Oh, that's amazing. And hospitality always been part of like my life because my dad had a little bar mm-hmm. in the theater and I always worked in restaurant. I think I started when I was like 14. <laughs> I'm supposed to say that. But yeah, so I always I was a waitress. That's that's very much the thing that you do in yeah. France when you're trying to make money on the side of like, you know, your studies. So I always work in like in hospitality. So um I moved to Melbourne and I didn't really know how long I will stay there at um at first I was like maybe I go for six months and I wanted to go back to France to like um work in like event management and right. um so I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to work so I can learn quickly English and I can meet a lot of people um, and it would just be easier and was, I can just like travel a bit. But I, I didn't want to go with like, you know, road tripping and end up right. With, like, you want you again, focus. Right. But you know why you're going there. How, how different was that transition to Melbourne from Leon? So um, I moved there and I so I arrived and I didn't speak English and I had my backpack and I don't know if how I got a job in, <laughs> in, in sort of like a nightclub, yeah. um, which was a beautiful, like very premium VIP nightclub, small, but yeah. definitely a nightclub. <laughs> and um, I got an interview um, there and um, the guy said to me, okay, cool, well, come back tomorrow at seven for a trial. And I didn't un- understand seven and I d- had no clue what a trial was. So I still don't know what that means, actually. It sounds okay. kind of, uh, yeah. Um, which is just like to do a shift to oh, see it, okay. if it's going to work. But uh, I was like, okay. So I Google um, what time the place was opening, which I think was like 6 p.m. And I was like, they probably have like a couple of hours of like, you know, um, mise en place. Right. So I was like, I'm going to go at four because I had no clue what he said to me. Like mm-hmm. also Australian accent. I mean, I it's, love the country. It's hard when sometimes. You, don't speak, yeah. you know, <laughs> you're French, you don't speak English. The accent is definitely not the easiest. So I got there. The guy was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I'm here to work. <laughs> you know, he was like, okay, whatever. Just, just come, come <laughs> on in. And, um, and I remember we were like, the uniform was like a kimono. Oh and so my I was gosh. like wearing my uniform and I was like trained by like this waitress who was like amazing and became one of my really good friends after that. But like, who was like talking like super like quick and like having those like all those like Australian words. And I was like, could not get a thing. Right. And the music was light and like the people, oh, people like ordering things that I had no idea what it was. Um, and I remember she looked at me after an hour and she said, okay, cool. Um, because she was like, okay, go and get some like splits, which I had no clue what it was, which meant like the little like soda thing oh, to yeah, mix okay. because we were doing a lot of bottle service. And I was like, she looked at me and she was like, okay, so what are we going to do is you're just going to stand here and you're going <laughs> to say hello. <laughs> and I spent my entire, entire evening being like, hello, hi, <laughs> oh, hello, hi, hi. And I was like, I went to university for five years. What am I doing? You know, could, couldn't communicate with people. Like, right. It was just like, you know, a low point in my life when I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And I remember the few months, like my first like couple of months there, I was like, I had no clue about cocktail. Mm. Because in France, I mean, it's been a few years now that like the cocktail culture is very booming and people are like embracing that in France. But I grew up, a cocktail would be a cure, which is like white wine and from the cassis, right, right. Um, or it would be a pastis that you will mix. Just, but like cocktail yeah. was not part of our culture. We make a lot of spirit and mm-hmm. delicious spirit in France and liqueurs, but 
cocktail was just not part of our culture. So I remember being there and like, not only I didn't speak English, I also had no clue about the cocktails. So people were like, order for a cosmopolitan mm. and I will go to the bar and try to like imitate the sound of what a soda heard. So yeah, I'd be like, yeah. can I have a cosmopolitan? And the bartender <laughs> would be like, a what? <laughs> a cosmopolitan tense. And they were like, cosmopolitan? I'd be like, yes, yes that one, yes. two, please. So like, I remember like the first time someone ordered for like a dry gin martini, which martini vermouth is really big in France. Yeah. And I was like, so what, do you want gin with martini? No, no, I want a dry gin martini. So you want a shot of martini vermouth <laughs> with gin? Like I was so right, confused right. because I had no clue. And then I started learning about cocktail. And then I started working in a different cocktail bar, which was more like smaller and very into like beautiful like um, cocktail creation. Right. And, um, and I remember like learning the menu and then learning my classic cocktail and then having this like kind of like epiphany when I was like, oh, it's like cooking. And, yeah. I, and oh, yeah. I know flavor is part of like, I grew up with like cooking. My dad is a great cook. Um, so flavor was always like part of like, you know, I have like so many childhood memories yeah. with like anise and like, you know, licorice and all this flavor that you get in the South of France. So I was like, I, I understand that. And then I had that moment where I was like, I really felt like that creating cocktail um, was my way to express my creativity. And I feel like that after Finally found your medium. all, okay. you know, time, like looking for that medium where right. I would feel like I, I could be creative. That was like the moment. And I, and I still adore creating cocktail and, um, absolutely it, adore this industry. It, but when it, I so you, you're right when you think about cooking, completely agree. It's, there are mother cocktails, mm -hmm. you know, if you think about about it that way. And if you think about butter, and if you try to think in the cocktail world, I almost feel like, in a sense, Saint Germain is kind of like the butter and of, it, of a cocktail. You know what is very funny that you you mentioned that because I actually had this conversation with a bartender in um, in Denver. I mean, when after a few years behind the bar, I kind of wanted to combine all this like little piece of mm -hmm. things that I learned. Um, so communication, marketing, event management, the art, so like the creative side, the cocktail, the industry, and being an ambassador kind of like made sense because it's a, it's a mix it's all of, that of stuff, all yeah. of that. Um, and I think that's the reason why I enjoy my job today. And I've been doing this role as Madame Saint-Germain for over five years now. But so Saint-Germain, I think to be an ambassador, you have to truly, truly believe in the brand that you represent mm -hmm. and be in love with it. And Saint-Germain always been like, for me, one of my favorite products. And I really wanted to represent something French. Mm. Um, and I adore the versatility of it. And I think that like, as a bartender, I was like playing around. There's so many different ways to use Saint-Germain cocktail. And it will definitely enhance your cocktail. Right, right. And that's how it earned the reputation as like, the bartender salt and pepper. Right, right. And I was talking with this bartender that mentioned what every single bartender knows, which is the bartender ketchup. Right. Um, and I was like, oh, but you can't say that. Like ketchup is so negative for yeah. me because I'm from France and we don't really like yes, ketchup. Yeah, no like, oh, I don't really like ketchup. And I was like, it's so, it's a bit negative for me, even if I really understand where it comes from and yeah. the meaning of it. And I think it's very positive. But the bartender looked at me and he was like, yeah, I mean, like we could, we could call that the bartender butter. And I See, was like, there that's you go. perfect. Yes. Because we put butter everywhere in yeah. France. And it does make taste. It always like, does. Make everything taste so much better. So, um, so yeah, I like that. That's I, like that I think that's analogy. an apt one. A little bit more nuanced and not <laughs> as kind of... Because it can, it can get bad ketchup. I don't like ketchup. I don't like ketchup. I, I, really, I wouldn't but, uh, use it on anything. And, and I think what I adore um, about this product is the versatility, but also how like... It will never take over the flavor in your drink, right. but it will always enhance your cocktail. And there is cocktail like the Saint-Germain cocktail, which was created by the founder of um, Saint-Germain, Rob. Rob Cooper, which is light and refreshing. And it's kind of like what Saint-Germain is about, you know, a mm. light, refreshing aperitif. It's a great introduction to the brand because you get all the flavor and all those different notes of like citrus from like grapefruit but also like stone fruit like peach and apricot and more like tropical fruit mm. so you get all of that and it's slight refreshing low abv but then the versatility of it you can use it in so many different directions right. and it will never take over the flavor in your drink but enhance it and then sometimes people are like oh but i don't taste the same in that but if you weren't using it you wouldn't would, have like you know it kind of yeah. like 
glue all the flavor together and enhance yeah. it. It really helped. Like Jimmy Han said that um, Saint-Germain is for bartenders with salt and pepper is for chef. Like yeah. it helped to enhance the flavor in your drink and really like season your drink. Um, and I think that's what I, I love with this product and like the quality of it and the, the fact that we handpick our flowers and, yeah. to, you know, we didn't take any shortcut. Like we handpick the flowers, which is challenging oh, yeah, to absolutely. harvest once a year for like two to three weeks. We never dry the flowers. We never freeze the flowers. We never use any artificial mm. extract. It's natural liqueur. It was the world's first elderflower liqueur created. So. It's an incredible thing. It so when, when I think about this moment in which you meet Rob, kind of describe to me maybe what you guys saw in each other that you thought that this was the right match beyond the flavor, which is delicious. It was actually, meeting Rob was incredible. And it happened at this moment of my life when I was... I was ready for a new challenge mm. and um, I knew that I wanted to be an ambassador. Um, I looked at one night, I looked at the bike bar uh, where I worked and I was like, this brand, yeah, I could get behind this, this yeah, brand, yeah. yeah. And Saint-Germain was definitely my number one. Sure. Um, and I was still living in Melbourne at the time. And um, Rob Cooper came to do a market visits and um, I, he organized a bartender brunch and I got invited to this brunch and I ended up like being seated in front of Rob. Mm. And um, at that time, I was like this new up and coming bartender that, you know, I was like winning some cocktail competitions. So getting a bit more attention. Um, and I think Rob saw in me the full package. You yeah. know, I was um, a good bartender and like really underst understood like the anatomy of cocktail sure. and flavor and how to make drinks. Um, I was French, you know. Does not and hurt. That yeah. was definitely helping. And I studied communication and event management. And yeah. I, I understood like kind of all the different the aspects of, yeah, of, of, the, of the, the role. Um, so we, and you know, he was this, I don't know if you ever met him, but he mm. was this person like like larger than life and like a bon vivant. And yeah. he, he, he was in, incredible. And he, we had so much fun. Um, and I adore like m meeting him and all the craziness that was around him. And, um, and yeah, and after this lunch, he kind of looked at me and he was like, I would love to have you part of, you know, the team. I would love to have you on Saint-Germain. I was like, <laughs> no more drinks for this gentleman. <laughs> and he was like, no, I, I am being serious. And, um, and then it was sort of like the beginning of like my journey with, uh, yeah. with Saint-Germain and I, um, couldn't really stay in Australia for like visa. It was the end of my visa. So I met him there and then I went to Tales of the Cocktail and met the team. And then he, he was like, well, there's a few options. You can come to New York, you can go to Paris. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm not quite sure. And he was like, what about London? And I was like, okay, let's do it. Um, oh, terrible options. I know, right? right? He was now. like, well, and um, so I moved to London and I was the European ambassador. I started with like, London and Paris, and then yeah. moved to like a European position and then to a global position. Um, and then when Rob sold to, to Bacardi, when Bacardi did the acquisition, he called me and he was like, okay, so few options there. Um, you can stay with Corporate Spirit and he still had a few mm -hmm. beautiful, beautiful products, or maybe we can look into for you staying with Saint-Germain. And I felt like that my journey with Saint-Germain wasn't done. And I felt like that I could Still, like, be part of uh, of the brand. Wasn't so, yeah, like you still had things to achieve. Yeah, and I, I was like, Rob, you hired me because you knew that I was like good for that brand, yeah. and I, and I, he was like, I knew you would say that. Totally get it. Um, so I did the transition with Bucati, which was, I mean, it's an incredible company to work for. It was yeah. like talented, great people, oh, man. Yeah. amazing, amazing ambassador, amazing people all around the world. Yeah. Um, like very genuine, passionate people, and um. So it's been an amazing journey and it's been over five years. Um, this year I had the chance to build a team, which is oh, called wow. L'Equipe Saint-Germain, so the Saint-Germain team, L'Equipe means team in French. And that was just the most amazing experience so to be able to pass that on, you know, to, well, it's, it's, to it's, mentor all these people. And I mean, you know, Amanda, you probably right, met yeah. Julian as well here in Texas. And I love Jules, yeah. They, they're just like amazing people and I feel very lucky to have such a good team. Do you, so be feeling like 
you knew that you wanted to have a career and you didn't necessarily know how it would come together all of the talents that you had right like i'm an artist but i don't want to paint for a living but you bring booze into it this is this seems like every step has been exactly what it should be right so you have a role that's regional then you have a global role then you have a team and then soon your team will have teams mm-hmm. i mean this is got to be you feel you must feel very proud of your career at this point. I feel very lucky. I feel like <laughs> yeah. it's been it's been an amazing journey, and I am I am a very driven, you know, self motivated, entrepreneurial person. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like that life has been at some time when I s- might have said that it was like challenging moment in my life. Mm. I think trusting life is a good thing that we need to to do sometime and. Uh, and now looking back, I'm like, oh, it all makes sense. You know, it, you mean, it was. What you, so what, kind of explain what you mean by that. So t- trust that things will work out. Trust that. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that, you know, I was, I study in France and I, I, I had a job offer to work in like event management um, in France. And I was like, no, I think I should travel. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's the moment. And I think I should go and learn English. And, and I moved to Australia and it was kind of, everyone were a bit surprised. They were like, but it's, you have, you know, and it was moment or I might have like doubt, you know, yeah, my first yeah. night uh, working in Melbourne when I couldn't understand a word and I was like on my own, um, I might have been like doubted a little bit of like Maybe my, I'll deci- go back. Yeah. my decision. <laughs> and I was like, did I make the right decision? Yeah. Is this really what I wanted? But I think that like looking back at this, it was actually incredible. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, I, I wanted to stay in Australia and I couldn't stay with my visa and it, I had to live in a bit of a, not especially the way that I wanted yeah. it to happen. And it was, I was heartbroken, but I think actually for my career, it was just, it worked out so well because yeah. I moved to London and Rob was like, yeah, I, I, I got you back. You know, where do you want to go? I right. get you a job with Saint-Germain, where you want to go? And I moved to London and I learned so much and it was, you know, and I became the European ambassador and then global. It just and, keeps growing and growing. Yeah, and yeah. then I, my, um, my husband was in New York. Um, so I decided to, two years ago, to move to New York. And I was like, but I'm doing so much in Europe. And then I learned so much moving here and yeah. like being part of the, the community here in the U.S. It's been amazing. So yeah, I feel like that all the moment that I might have been like challenging or I feel like I was like, losing a little bit of control and be like is it the right decision it mm. always works out so well as long as you don't question it and you kind of let it happen yeah so well, so, so amazing chapters and there are a few of the things i want to talk about before we talk about the book which is a very clever uh, <laughs> clever title to the <laughs> book of which you're going to be hanging out down at backbeat and having cocktails and talking about the book a couple of things i'm curious is as someone that's maybe a recovering artist right which i'll use that term but what inspires you now aesthetically do you watch movies to feel inspired do you go to museums what is the thing that perks your interest in creativity now so um i feel like that creative people and like you know from any medium music Mm -hmm. art um we kind of like sponge right so we get like inspired by a lot of things so um i feel like cuisine inspire me a lot um, so like cooking, I watch a lot of, uh, you know, and, and not especially like following any like chef in particular, but like, um, you know, like Chef Stable is like, I don't know if you've oh, yeah. seen oh, that yeah, show, sure. really like inspired me, um, flavor, new ingredients, spices, yeah. um, way of like using um, seasonal product, way of using all this like new like, you know, superfood sort of ingredient right, and i'm like right. all a bit like turmeric at the moment sure, <laughs> sure. Like, good this for is it. my thing it's still it's very good for you um i was in denver and one of the bartender created a cocktail using it so it was a cachaca saint-germain campari turmeric and um and lemon and it was delicious oh, it's good. Um, use it in the right amount in, like salt and pepper it's beautiful it is thing. beautiful so i think like that inspired me a lot um Going to do the harvest in France and learning about elderflowers and learning about why do we handpick the flowers and why we do the maceration the way we do it and why we never use dry flowers or 
like freeze the flowers right, or use right. artificial extracts, like learning about this like botanicals and flowers and um, and spices and all of that. It's very much something that inspired me. Um, visual design, photo. Um, I love photography. Do you, do you yourself take? You I mean, go, are you an amateur photographer? If if my iPhone is a camera, then it kind of yes, counts in is. some I'm sense. A, I'm yeah. an iPhone photographer. <laughs> um, social media. Yeah. I love the connection between bartenders, bars, and how we can share all of that on the on Instagram, especially. Mm. I think it's a great platform to connect. Um, it's a great way for me to follow what people are doing with Saint Germain yeah. and come across some incredible recipes. So I think all of that inspired me. It's a big bubble of or rather a big ecosystem of creativity mm-hmm. you know i i'm jaded I, i'm an american that's what we do here right we're gonna get jaded and we get critical of stuff but when you put it that way that social media can be instagram can be these places where you can get inspired you can get ideas from other people's ideas mm-hmm. you know i think that's a lovely way to and look at it and it's a community and i mean like don't get me wrong there's a whole side of the social media yeah. that are very <laughs> much try to filter slash blank out (laughs) you know Um, but i think there's some positive Mm. out of it Um, then you watch black mirror and you (laughs) think that we are going not to the right direction there's a lot yeah i mean house of cards is the same way we are house of cards but house of cards was us first art imitating Mm -hmm. or life imitating art rather um but i think there's some like positive and i like the community i i really like love how all the bartenders get inspired by each other and all the bars and the, the trend, how it moves. And mm-hmm. I, I love that. I'm also um, very, um, especially like since like a year, um, looking at how this industry can um, find a bit more balance. Health, um, you know, health and, and drinking. Health, that piece, and like, yeah. you know, how can we still do what we do, but like look after ourselves and yeah. find a bit more um, wellness and balance. It's very important. So I do, and especially with like, I mean, I love my job and you follow my Instagram and you think that I have the most glamorous life, but you don't see the other side of it, you know? So you don't see that, for example, I was out until three in the morning last night, but I had to wake up at 6 a.m. to jump on the conference call to train a singer in France, in London, and then jump on the plane and arrive in the hotel where the room wasn't ready and I had to shower in the gym yeah. and there were no hot water. And, I, you know, you don't see, like, the, the other side I know, yeah. uh, of it. So um, for me, balance is very important. And I feel like that sometimes we get, like, caught up in life and we have no time to breathe and think. And yeah. um, so I do a lot of, like, yoga. I try to do some meditation as much as I can. I try to eat healthy because being on the road, um, it is yeah. not always, like, easy. Um and I really try to like give that to my team, to mm. keep to like make sure that like they find the balance. And the last thing that I want is them, you know, burning out and working too yeah, hard. So like you being a good example, that's what helps them to right. like to help and support them to find that balance. So, yeah. But also to to find maybe ways to like help and support the bartenders to yeah. find this uh, this balance. So that's like definitely not something that like that's something that's like. You know, brewing. You're thinking about projects, like, like yeah. In my head at the moment, um, but I think yeah, um, it's a beautiful industry. It's an amazing community. It is full of talented, creative people mm. that inspire me. I think like a lot of bartenders, a lot of bars, very much inspire me. I love meeting all those people, and even the book tour. It's been amazing yeah. to go to all the cities and yeah, get so, to, like, so how talk does about it and. You you live a it's a very rock starish thing. I always can say that it's like that. You have to you perform in a sense because you have to go and kind of educate a room, charm a room. But you've got to travel from place to place. But I think before even all of that begins, how did this idea for how to drink French fluently? How did that come about? How did you get involved as a writer? Now the next thing, like I, you keep amassing these projects, these achievements. So it is not a surprise you have a book now. I mean, this project has been incredible to work on, and I, I am so happy with them, with what we've done. Um, the idea of the book, come of like a few ideas. Um, first, so it's it's a cocktail book mm. organized by like hour of the day. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, so after like you know traveling all around the world for all those many years and trying to like. And like getting to try all this delicious mm. recipe and creation for bar- like created by bartenders 
um, I wanted to start like to collect all this like recipe to share that with the world. Yeah. Okay? But also to to say thank you to all the bartenders for creating all those delicious um, cocktail using Saint Germain. Right. Um, because I think that being an ambassador is not about yourself, but is actually about creating a platform for the bartenders to to grow in their career and to to hero those bartenders. Yeah. So um, so it was a bit of that, and then it was also I wanted to create a cocktail book, but in a different way. So instead of just looking at like recipe, because it's like, you know, it's like a cooking book, you look at it and you're like, right. oh, that looks good. That sounds delicious. Yeah. But this, you don't always like make the recipe at home, right? That's so right. I yeah. have a few books at home and unfortunately I haven't made many of the, of the recipes. But so I, I wanted to do more than just like a beautiful book that you would look at and then put it back on the coffee table and don't do much with it. Um, so I look at like different way and again, looking at like cooking and cuisine, I think that like you, they, there's time of the day for different cocktails, yeah. right? So if you look at the book, there's five different chapters from brunch to daytime, aperitif, dinner, and nightcap. Mm -hmm. And the idea was to showcase the versatility of Saint-Germain and inspire bartenders on how to use it in different ways. Um, but it was also to look at like occasion, versus just recipes. I see. So um, to talk about what you drink and when you drink it and why the cocktail that you're going to have for brunch will be totally different than what you're going to have for a nightcap to finish the evening and yeah. punctuate the evening. Um, the same way that what you're going to have for breakfast is not what you're going to have for dinner. It's right? you being a host in a book, isn't it? It is what? It's yeah. You, it's, you, it's you. If you, someone was coming to your mm -hmm. place, this is how you would host. And I, and I wanted to make it like more than a, just a cocktail book to make it more like a guide. Right. So that's why it says a guide to joie de vivre. So there's a lot of like tips and advice on like how to host an aperitif, how mm. to make an aperitif at home and what's the art of the nightcap and what's the palate of the daytime drinker. Um, so there's a lot of like content inside yeah. mixed with a lot of beautiful recipes from some of like America's most talented bartenders so we have over like 30 recipes in the book from different bartenders That's amazing. um but yeah so it's a it's a journey through the day with saint germain um and it was also to make it like it's a it's a book that was um a thank you that was a messy to all the bartenders for their creation mm -hmm. but i wanted to make it approachable for consumer as well and i wanted to help them to understand cocktails a bit more so sometimes you know consumer didn't know two or three cocktails and that's all they order because right. that's all they know and uh, they might drink Cosmopolitan because they've been watching Sex in the City right. <laughs> or drink Old Fashioned or Manhattan because they've been Man watching Mad Men, <laughs> you know, uh, which all those drinks are delicious but I wanted to help them to understand more the anatomy of the cocktail and what you drink once you drink it. Mm -hmm. um, it has been amazing. We've done um, this book, was brought to life by, um, so myself with the support of the St. Germain team um, and the advocacy, yeah. the Bacardi advocacy that we have um, here in the U.S. And we did it in collaboration with Punch Creative. Oh, cool. Which okay. is the, the creative side of Punch magazine. Yeah, that's great. And it was amazing to work with them. I mean, they've, were, they've been incredible and it was a great collaboration. Did you get to also, in addition to being a host via word on the page, did you also get a say as to how? the packaging would look, mm -hmm. how the pictures would be positioned. Yeah. So you had a... a the, pho the photographer is incredible. Yeah. This is she's wonderful. Um, but it was, all, it was also so great because I had the concept and the idea and the content gotcha. and the structure. And I went there and I was like, this is the idea. Yeah. And they got it straight away because they know the trade and they really understand the industry. So it was a really great collaboration and I love working with them. And I mean, this book would not have been possible with that all the bartenders that uh, that were like featured in it. And the same way that like I always say to bartender that Saint-Germain would not exist without them. You yeah. know, it was a Saint-Germain was created for bartenders, for them to to be creative and create cocktails and to empower uh, them. Yeah, to very much empower them um, and support the community and yeah. give back to the community. And so it's been an amazing project. Um, I kind of feel like it's still, you know, surreal. I got when I got the copy and I was like, 
it's it's here yeah you know? and isn't like, that crazy i have just like so many books at home and so many cocktail books and i put it on the shelf you know next to my savoy book cocktail yeah. <laughs> my like delta grove not, and not, all of that and not I was bad like, oh. company yeah and this this is ours you know and it's yeah. been a collaboration definitely um with all just like wonderful people that helped you to bring this um project to life but uh but I'm so happy and I'm also very happy because so we're doing the, the book tour, which has mm-hmm. been amazing. Um, we did it with L'Equipe Saint-Germain. So all the brand specialists yeah. went in the city where, where they are. And so last night we were in, in Dallas, Dallas right? at yeah. the Midnight Rambler, which was great because Christy and Chad were really involved with, uh, with Saint-Germain as well um, from the old days. And um, But it's also for me, this is very much the beginning of something bigger. Yeah. And um, I really want to create a platform um, for bartenders to, to be part of it and mm-hmm. share all those like recipes but also all those like tips and advice uh, was like in the industry and some like how to do things and uh, and to like include more bartenders and not this one was um was in the US because I'm, I live here yeah. and it was a, a great opportunity for me to work with some of uh, the great bartenders here but I want to bring it more like global and create a bigger platform well I mean it's um, just a matter of time it is. I mean, it is such a it is just the beginning, brand, you, you know? know. So, um, so it's great to um, and it's so nice. A lot of people are like, "So why you didn't put any of your cocktail in the, in the book?" And I was like, "Because it was about bartender, a bad bottle, you yeah. know. It was a, um, I was the person collecting all right. of this. And but it's not about together. you. It's about yeah. us, right? The and it's about you know Saint Germain through the day and all those beautiful cocktail and the community. Um, but yeah, it's been amazing and I. I always say to everyone I give the book, I hope you enjoy reading it as much as I enjoy working on it. Yeah. You know, it's been an amazing, amazing project. That's incredible. Well, so I know you because I'm catching, I feel very lucky to be able to catch you on this hectic tour, this rock star schedule of tour dates and book tour, you know. So that's amazing that we're able to sit down and chat. So I have two questions left for you. One of which is, you know, you are at your favorite bar, and I don't know what bar this is in, in Paris, let's say. You're sipping Saint Germain, and you could have Saint Germain with anybody, living or deceased, but just someone you would like to sit there and have a conversation with that you never had before. Who might that person be? That's a tough one. Um, you know what? I will probably say that I would love to be in Paris and to be sitting at the bar, um, sipping on delicious aperitif um, cocktail with Saint Germain with Rob Cooper yeah. um, because he gave me, I mean, an opportunity of a lifetime and really um, I am so grateful and I learned so much from him, mm. um, from his attention to details, for his dedication and um, unfortunately he um, left us way too early and um, and I feel like that I, even if, you know, he sold to Bacardi and and obviously it, he was the founder, but he wasn't, it wasn't his brand um, anymore. I feel like it's, he left me with his legacy. Yeah. And I would love to be sitting in the bar with him in a few years and talk about it, you know, and, yeah. uh, and talk about when he created Saint-Germain. It was this, you know, tiny, tiny liqueur that he was like hand-giving to all the, the amazing bartenders in New York City and yeah. in London. And he was like going back and forth and two friends to like look at elderflowers and do the harvest to what we're doing today, to having a book yeah. featuring bartenders, um, creating cocktails, to me having the chance to travel all around the world and and talk to to amazing talented bartenders and try their cocktail and see the like enthusiasm about the brand and how much they love it, yeah. which is as much as I do and I love seeing that in people. So. I think I would love that. It makes sense. And I actually kind of had a feeling that might be to, to relive that moment with, mm-hmm. with Rob. And I'd never met him. And I'm always curious to kind of wonder what kind of man he was. But we'll save that chat for a drink at some point. But the, the last piece I've got for you is you have amassed an amazing career. You have great integrity and reputation in the industry. You get to write a book. People love you. They adore the, the work that you're doing and enabling the industry to work with you. I hope so. I hope <laughs> so. I'm trying. But, but if, so uh, um, after all, maybe there is an after, maybe there's not. But someday, do you want your own brand? So that's actually something that I've been talking 
um, with my husband a lot because I think that creating um, my own product is definitely something that, I mean, I can totally picture myself living in the south of France in a beautiful little house, Mm -hmm. you know, distilling something, making some sort of like, you know, liqueur, aperitif, firm or something. Um, so that's definitely something I had Maybe. in a, in the back of my of my head, um, and I would love to. Um, I think it will also um, allow me to to explore this like creative side of um, yeah. of me that I, I love. So that's it, it that's something already, that like yeah. it is. Um, I'm thinking of. I thought so. It's in my. It's definitely not going to be tomorrow. Right. Um, but that's something I would love to do for sure. Well, I'm sure that your ambition. I'm sure that your fastidiousness and getting things done and doing new things, exciting things, I think it'll make it happen eventually. So it's been really lovely, and I, I love to finally kind of go to the source of St. Germain, which I've been enjoying all of these years. A uh, few nights I can recall how lovely it is, <laughs> and a few I, I can't actually recall how lovely it was. But Camille, it's been just brilliant chatting with you. Well, and good luck so with the rest of the tour. I hope you have a good time here in Texas. Well, I hope you can make it yeah. for, the, for the launch tonight. Um, and thank you so much for having me it's always like such a pleasure to be able to talk about this beautiful brand and to like share this like journey with Saint-Germain that's been pretty incredible (laughs) nothing short of incredible thank you so much for thank you so much merci merci well there we have it everybody Madame Saint-Germain herself the international star personality persona Camille Ralph Vidal of St. Germain, of course. So pardon my voice, guys. Sometimes when you're drinking scotch on a rooftop and sometimes when you're talking very, very loud, you tend to ruin your voice. So we're getting the AM version this week. But thank you so much, Camille, for stopping by. Bacardi team for making this happen. And it was lovely sipping some cocktails with St. Germain, but also looking at the wonderful typography, the wonderful aesthetic and design and concept of the book, How to Drink French Fluently. And it's great that you get to stop by Texas. I hope you're here again soon and we'll chat even more. Thank you, Camille. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike G. No matter how many times you forget to realize that Alfred Hitchcock was a wonderful director and writer, or if you're thinking about what's the best solution to get my voice back, Mike, please keep dancing.